Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Pierce. And this is our podcast where we try things we found on YouTube. This week, we try to make YouTube cocktails. Hello, Dave. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's going, you know, we're surviving. This is, uh, this is where we are now, right? Uh, one, one moment at a time, one uh, hour at a time, one day at a time, one week at a time. Uh, it's hard to judge uh, each of those units, but uh, we just do what we can. Yeah, you know, I, I suppose we're actually kind of lucky that we get to see each other at least every other week once a day, you know? Inopportune time to eat a cherry. Yeah, yeah. you know, the uh, chewing is very compelling audio. <laughs> it's the best. Um, I, I love a good wet mouth noise. <laughs> we, oh. we should change our podcast just to be mouth noises. <laughs> It's so I didn't moist. realize we had an a so uh, ASMR podcast. Oh, I guess we do now. I mean, it's only episode two. It's it's not too late to change. We're pivoting. Uh, but but we're going to do the weird kind, right? Oh, definitely the weird kind. <laughs> is so is there is there non weird ASMR? This is a serious question. Um, you mean where the sources of the sounds are more normal, or the where the people who are tuning in or listening are not let's say enjoying it too much i feel like all asmr videos are extremely sexual despite the topic right like it's like this is me eating oatmeal it's like that's a weird thing to want to listen to <laughs> oh it's it's um um not to stray from our topic but um remember when everybody made a sandwich at home on uh, the Bon Appetit channel. And oh, yes, yes. Claire made tuna salad and she stirred it. And she said, this is what it should sound like. Uh, <laughs> and a little pop-up video card was like, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, that... It's just uh, like that. <laughs> so many cherries. So many cherries. So uh, I guess we did a podcast two weeks ago. And I feel like we're kind of in the rhythm of every other week, just just based on our availability. I think that's but, sustainable. Uh, yeah. Where where are we on that? Well, so far, so good. We're uh, in our second podcast in two weeks. And if our plan is to do it every other week, so far, so good. We haven't missed any. We're building a backlog. Well, in that we haven't published any of them yet. Yes, I would say we are building a backlog. Do you think we could publish them out of order? Do you think that would make people crazy or they'd enjoy that um well i you know what i think we should make the podcast to choose your own adventure so somewhere in the middle of an episode we're gonna be like hey if you want us to do this go back to episode whatever or jump ahead to some future episode i think it would really benefit us if we had some like future like roadmap where we could plot out all the crazy out of order episodes. And then when you play them together, like the first 30 seconds, it tells a story that turns out to be absolutely insane. We're going to have to work on that. Yeah. Anywho, you, uh, you have any follow up for this week? Uh, follow up. Um, I don't know, just a bit of housekeeping. Um, last weekend off week for the podcast. Um, 
I got tired of my hair, and so I cut it off. Uh, you've had the privilege of seeing that in person, uh, whereas I don't think anyone else has. No, my physical therapist. Uh, but other than them and you, Pierce, um, no one has seen it in, in real life. Um, but uh, yeah, I got the beard trimmer out and I shaved my head. You've had a few uh, virtual reveals. Uh, yes, I guess uh, that's right. I had uh, a Zoom on Monday and I guess I sent you a picture of it. But um, Oh, and Tuesday, Tuesday we had a, uh, a happy hour and you guys saw it. Yeah, the uh, the hair in the sink thing, it's such a pain in the ass. Like, that is honestly, like, the biggest thing about Oh, well, I closed the, using I closed a beard the drain. Trimmer. I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to get the, the, I wasn't going to have to call a plumber during COVID-19. I feel like the, like, such small clippings, though, would wash down okay. Like, I don't, I was not concerned about that, but just general cleanliness. Getting no. it all cleaned up is is problematic. You can't. Well, it's very difficult. Well, even though I'm rationing paper towels, I did concede to use a damp paper towel to gather the majority of it, and then I followed it up with some toilet paper, all of which was thrown away in the trash can. I well, yeah, we we just got a shipment from Costco of uh, paper towels because we had a situation, and it was like we had a week, two weeks ago, everything was problematic. Um, our one dog got into something and the poor dog, she was just like, just had runny, had a runny butt all week. This is the little one? The little one, yeah. And every day it was like half a roll of paper towels and we're just like, you do not understand the situation, dog. You can't this be doing this. is not the this. time for that. Yeah. And at the same time, my car gets pine sap all over it and... I've never been in a situation before. And so I go on the internet and Google how to remove pine sap from car. And do you know what the result said? Um, what did it say? The best way to remove pine sap from a car is either isopropyl alcohol or Purell. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Ain't nobody got that. <laughs> no. So, so we went through two rolls of paper towels and half of like small hand sanitizer in the span of like 12 hours. And I'm just like, we're not making it through this. We're done. We're, we're basically goners. Well, um, I know you did get the car cleaned, but maybe that uh, depleted your supply of paper towels. Uh, we, luckily we got a restock and back in March, I ordered, uh, two large jugs of, um, medical grade isopropyl alcohol from, a chemical supply company and they actually arrived i guess two or three days ago so now we're good like i need all the pine sap i can get yeah, that's not something to wish for besides aren't you taking your wife's car to the cabin this week uh that's that's another Wait, are you thing. gonna take both we're taking both we have to take both the uh the problem oh, with owning, the furniture yeah the problem with buying a second house is furnishing a second house and instead of just getting a u-haul or something along those lines we've been like carrying every parcel individually which is is it's tough like but it's arriving dogs, over time right it's not you don't have a stockpile 
here at home that you're just taking one item a week or do it's, you it's almost like that it's so we take a we take a large cooler we take clothes we take bikes uh you know we take the dogs uh bags with clothes in it it just adds up and even with a large vehicle it's it's still very tough to like logistically figure out how to get everything there and then figuring out how to order things so that they arrive at the right time. That uh, was something guys, that, what's that? I was going to ask if you guys had a laundry there or if you have to bring your laundry back or maybe you would anyway, but. Oh no, we, we do. We have a, a stacked washer and dryer, which is really nice. So we take, I don't know, way more clothes than we need. I take basically two sets of clothes and it's just every other day I just run it because we get charged for the water regardless. No, wherever you're doing the uh, the laundry, you know, you're still paying for the water. That's right, yeah. And you haven't compared the water rates, I guess. Yeah, we're not we're not there enough, we don't think yet to go over the limit for the uh, the um like the the base water consumption fee. Oh, okay. So that it's not metered unless you cross some threshold. Yeah, it's metered until you reach the threshold and then it's another tier which is another like oh. 500 gallons or something like that right it's like taxes uh, what do they call that you know where you get taxed at a certain percentage for the first portion of your income and then at a different percentage for the next part what is that what is that called Paris do you remember yeah bracketology no no tax bracket that's a word I don't think it's bracketology no, you go and you like plot out the 64 brackets and then you plot them against each other. And then three weeks later, you have a winner. Wait, hold on. I think you've switched into uh, sports tournaments. It's a, that might be a sports ball. It's called a marginal tax rate. That's why marginal I said, tax I think, rate. Yeah. It's yeah. a real time follow up. Real, t- real time follow up. So I think we've div- diverged a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, yeah. So I cut my hair. Uh, you're taking two cars. Uh, you got some paper towels. Anything else going on in your life? I'm sitting in my podcast studio, which is also a uh, hot box, turns out. I rode my bike in here earlier. So it's like the you jungle in terms of. Yeah, in terms of humidity, it's like the jungle. Uh, yeah, I ran the air conditioning uh, and uh, and then turned it off as we got started tonight. Um, but I think I need to run it longer, and maybe I should be wearing shorts. <laughs> that's that's a wise move. But shorts with a polo shirt, like I can only imagine you in running shorts. Pierce, only you know that I'm wearing a polo shirt. Well, our, li- our listeners know now, right? That's right. Polo shirt and jeans. Typical Friday. You could easily convert them to jorts and that wouldn't be too bad. Right here live on the podcast. We could get some jort ASMR. Uh, is it imp- you have to cut the jorts while you're wearing them, right? That's important. Otherwise, you might cut them the wrong length. No, I'd, I would actually recommend cutting them while you're not wearing them. Oh, not wearing them. Oh, I was just going to take a bread knife and kind of just go around my leg. A bread knife? Yeah, like a serrated knife. Yeah, just 
You wouldn't recommend that? <laughs> like, you're just going to cut into your thigh around your leg? Well, it's precision operated, but yeah. I, I think I would opt for scissors. Okay. Well, so this week, uh, the plan was to make some cocktails that we learned how to make on YouTube. Um, did you want to go first or did you want me to go first? Um, yours was a surprise, so I'm kind of excited. I can't wait. And it looks, it looks like a gin fizz. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Uh, it is an amaretto sour. Oh, way wrong. All right. So, um, and I think maybe we collided on the same YouTube channel, but that's not a problem. Um, so there's this guy named Greg and he's got a YouTube channel called how to drink. Uh, and, uh, his video editing is really good. Uh, he's enthusiastic. Uh, he's happy to point out he has no actual expertise. Um, but as he points out, if you make a drink and you like it, then you made it correctly. Um, and so I was just looking through, um, you know, the list of all his videos. And this stood out to me because I like amaretto. And we had recently uh, been talking about uh, drinks with egg whites in them. And so this amaretto sour features an egg white. And I, I did make it earlier this week and survived, so... I guess my eggs are salmonella-free, as far as we know. Uh, or there, there's enough alcohol in the drink to, to kill off the salmonella. Can I secretly wish that if you do get salmonella poisoning, it happens immediately while we're listening? While we're listening right now, that would be some different ASMR for us. Yeah, we take the microphone into the bathroom. <laughs> it's not very portable, Pierce, since it's bolted to the table here in the kitchen. Well... And I'm unwilling to use the sink. So. There's no bucket available? Um, no. (laughs) Maybe I could get get a pot, maybe, but we're still not doing that. Anyhow, so this was an opportunity to uh, try out online ordering at the liquor store. Uh, So uh, for our audience, uh, we live here in Virginia, uh, in the United States, and... <clears throat> what, uh, so what planet is that? Liquor, uh, that's Earth in the uh, Sol system, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere in the Milky Way galaxy, uh, mm-hmm. the known universe, um, this reality. Um, anyhow, so they the the sale of uh, hard alcohol, uh, not beer and wine, which is available at the grocery store, but uh, anything stronger than that is regulated by the state and sold at state. Mm, operated, I guess, state-operated um, retail stores, uh, the ABC store, which is like alcoholic beverage control, I think. Uh, and because of the virus, uh, I was aware that they had changed some stuff up about, you know, what the pr- practices were when you went to the store. Uh, the last time I had been, you know, they had to tape down on the floor, helping people wait in line six feet apart, that kind of thing. But I had, for some reason, I've been of the understanding that... Um, you couldn't browse. You had to buy online. Maybe you got delivery at the car. Anyway, so when we talked about doing it uh, for the podcast, I was like, well, you know what? I'd like to make this drink. I don't have any amaretto. I'm going to order it online. So uh, before we left work, um, I guess earlier this week, just a few days ago, uh, I went to the website and ordered it. And they sent me an email and said, well, it should be ready by sometime next week. 
And I'm like, shit, that's not going to work real well. I think that was Wednesday. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I think it could have been Wednesday. Uh, it wasn't Tuesday. It wasn't yesterday. Today's Friday, by the way. May 1st, um, 2020. We had five Fridays this week. Am I right? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's it's so hard to know when the hell it is. Great audio. Great audio. <laughs> Very professional. Well, it's a show about drinking. <laughs> Ordered my order. Got my first email. They said, well, it should be delivered by, you know, sometime next week. Uh, that's in the future from now. And I was like, damn, what's going to happen here? Um, but by the time I was done at the grocery store, I had received the second email saying it was ready. So I went to go pick it up. And for some of our special listeners, uh, I went to the recommended liquor store, which apparently is actually closer to my house. And um, I thought that you people wouldn't be shopping inside, but there were people shopping inside. Um, and I just went up the cashier. I had to show the guy my phone. Uh, and my driver's license, and then I was able to leave. So, long story short, I bought some amaretto, and this drink includes uh, a majority of amaretto uh, and then about half as much bourbon, um, some lemon juice, uh, some what uh, Greg calls rich syrup, which seems to be simple syrup, but with twice as much sugar as water. So if simple syrup is normally a one-to-one -one ratio, uh, rich syrup is a two-to-one ratio favoring the sugar. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it really wants to recrystallize. Uh, it's hard to keep all the sugar dissolved. What but kind of bourbon did you afternoon. go with? What's that? What kind of bourbon did you go with? Uh, I have some Maker's Mark. Just regular? Not the uh, 46 variety? Yeah. It's a good uh, one. And it's a Di Sirono, uh Amaretto, which... I think um, a long time ago, a friend of mine uh, was going to graduate school uh, in Oxford, and we had gone to visit her, and we stayed up late one night. I guess we had stayed in this really fancy hotel. This is a very distracted story uh, from the drink making, but we stayed at this. It was a castle. It was really cool. It was the first time I ever experienced a heated bathroom floor. It was amazing. But anyway, they had like a lounge. Um where I think we were playing pool and just hanging out or whatever. And uh, I started to drink just amaretto on the rocks. Um, and I had a lot of amaretto that evening, as I recall. However, uh, I still like it. And that's one of the things that clued me into making this drink tonight. It wasn't like a tequila situation? No, it was not like a tequila situation, which we will not be recounting at this time. It went well, so, though. What's that? It went very well, though. Uh, it did go very well. In fact, Pierce, the story I mentioned the other day, that's not my only tequila story. There's another one, <laughs> which I will not be sharing. Totally different outcome. Totally different outcome, uh, but also featuring tequila. Anyway, so this drink also has an egg white, um, and all you do is shake it. Um, it's it's served straight up. Uh, I guess be helping with the egg white, you get an actual head on the glass. Uh, so, you know, there's a, you know, there's a liquor layer. And then there's uh, this white foamy part um, with the uh, egg white protein. And it's actually pretty good. I like it. Um, 
as the as it says in a tin. It's it's a little bit sour because of the lemon juice, um, which I don't think I recounted in my ingredient list. We're gonna have the ingredients in the show notes, um, and it's uh, you know it's got an almond flavor. It's very good. I like it. Uh, I could probably have another, but um, I'm not expert at preparation yet, so I'm not gonna interrupt the podcast uh, to do that. So I'm gonna nurse this one. See how we do tonight. Uh, surely you have some other things you could substitute in, like a quick pour. Um, well, if I didn't, if we skip the egg white and the shaking, yes, that's a that's a very low effort drink. Although I'd have to switch to limes. I'm out of lemon. What is that one called again? What I made tonight? Yeah, an amaretto sour, mm. where amaretto is the um, almond flavored liqueur. You could have an amaretto not sour. I could. I could just have the amaretto uh, on the rocks as I was relaying that story. Or you could have the rocky sour. What's a rocky sour? The same drink, just on ice? No, no, no. Five eggs cracked into a glass and you just chug it. Oh, rocky balboa. I see. Um, I have some eggs, but no. No, thank you. Uh, one of the, in, in, would you do in that? A, it, it, sorry. Would you actually chug an egg? Uh, on a dare, maybe if Lieber Knight was paying me $20. Sure. But just for fun? No, probably not. <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. Um, I guess it, there was another drink that I considered making tonight. And in fact, I, um, I did a little searching to see if I could find a YouTube video about it to back it up. But um, I guess it was, and this is actually interesting because uh, today's May 1st, and I think on May 4th, uh, the final uh, Star Wars saga, uh, Star Wars movie is going to come out on Disney+. Plus. But when I went to see uh, Rise of Skywalker in a theater, um, I made a tradition of going down to visit my friend uh, in Tampa to do that. And so I guess it was in December, right before Christmas of last year, um, we'd gone down there, and I don't know if it was before or after we saw the movie, but it doesn't matter. So we'd gone out to dinner, and it was a fancy-ish, you know, kind of loud, casual restaurant with high-top tables. And I had uh, I had one of the cocktails off, like, the special menu, and it was a... Uh, some kind of cocktail featuring like Earl Grey tea and gin. Have you ever had something like that, Pierce? Just, just tea and gin? Well, I mean, okay, so it's kind of, from what I've been reading, uh, if I recall back then and just this afternoon, um, it's, it's like you kind of make the simple syrup with, you know, strong tea and sugar instead of with just regular water. So you it's tea flavored. Um, and I think it was probably served like a martini. You know, um, anyway, I've been looking around. Um, I thought I might make that tonight also. But I wanted to stay true to the format that we decided on for tonight. Um, and so I just made my original plan. Uh, but I am really interested in trying to figure that out. Because as I recall, I really enjoyed that. I think I might have had two. 
I'm pretty much an amateur at gin. So uh, my experience basically is gin martini and gin and tonic. A gin and tonic, that's an excellent drink. Yeah, you know, uh, I was watching that How to Drink channel this afternoon, trying to figure out really what I was going to do, even though I, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to say, and you I, asked me about that after, well after I thought you had a plan for, for tonight. Yeah, but I also wanted to talk about some other things um, that we've watched on YouTube that we've discussed independently of what we were doing here. And Greg, the How to Drink guy, he's really very charismatic as a YouTube um, artist. And I very much love his bar. Have you noticed that he uh, like has the recessed lighting in the actual bar? So that yeah. um, when he put, pours the, the drinks, yeah, yeah. And when he pours the drinks, he just pours it all over the wood surface. And I'm just like, uh, very problematic to me. That bothers he must, me. He, he must have glass on top of the bar. Don't you think? Oh, he does. But the wood itself is just absorbing that alcohol. Like there's no germ is ever going to grow on the countertop. <laughs> well, I think the, the video for the Amaretto Sour Again, we'll provide that in the show notes. Um, I think it's it's definitely not a more recent video. I think it's a few years old, and so, um, and we, I think I'd seen something from him recently. So, there's tr- definitely an evolution of the you know the studio where he's been filming these videos. Uh, so what I saw in this video was just some like pretty simple shelving in the back, uh, in you know, but behind a you know a bar height kind of counter where he was doing the drink preparation uh since then you know he has a much fancier it looks like a an awesome section of his basement i guess um i don't know if it's his mom's basement or not but let's not judge uh he's doing pretty well i guess um but it really does look great uh like you said with like the lighting and the bottles and um and he's got everything you know he's got the right glass for every drink it's very impressive I'm really jealous of his uh, ice cracker or is it an ice pick? I'm not sure what the right utensil name for that is. Uh, does he take a big block of ice and break it into smaller pieces? Have you have you seen this? Like he has this well, very I know, long... I, I think I know what an ice pick is. Cocktail it, spoon looking thing with a almost like ball peen end on it. And he just smacks the crap out of a like large cube of ice and chips it up. Okay, well, I guess maybe there's a special bar tool like an ice hammer, but um, there are definitely ice picks, and I think, you know, maybe not even just for bar use when you had, you know, blocks of ice delivered in the olden days before, like, electrical refrigeration. Um, you would break up blocks of ice with, a like, a chisel. I kind of wanted to postpone the podcast so that we could order those. I, did, I was like, we cannot actually do this podcast without this piece of gear. <laughs> Anything to acquire some gear. I, um, the photo I sent you of my, of my drink, uh, I'm using a chopstick to hold my cherries as a garnish uh, because I do not have any cocktail uh, toothpicks. And so, of course, just before we got started tonight, I was on Amazon looking for some kind of solution to that problem. Gear acquisition problem. That's right. Um, although, you know, I I do not want more things in my life, but I really want more things in my life. I'm very um, conflicted in that sense. I want to be a minimalist, but I also like things. What is, what is her name? Marie Kondo? 
Yes, if it does not spark joy. What if everything sparks joy? Well, then you're a hoarder. What if buying things sparks joy? Well, I do enjoy tracking the delivery of things I have purchased. And I have been known to be inspired to purchase additional things so that I can track them. So I have a problem. I, th- I think you're fine. So basically, we need this ice pick. I'm high functioning, but <laughs> I may still have a problem. Yeah. So the, the gin and tonic video that I was watching, I was a little bit worried about it going in because it was produced April 5th, something like that. Is this your Irish girl? No, no, no. This is Greg. This is how to drink. Okay. And it was, this is the gin and tonic video I was talking about. And it was. Oh, with the ice pick. Yes. All right. Yeah. It was labeled something about COVID-19 and hydrochloroquine. And hydrochloroquine is related roughly to quinine, which is found in tonic, right? Oh, okay. All right. They're they're both anti-malarial drugs and they're both uh, anti-parasite, I believe, because um, malaria is a parasite, a blood parasite, if I recall correctly. I believe it is passed by the mosquito, so that would make sense. Yeah, it's it's not bacterial and it's not a virus, so I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Anyway, so it's but it's also an anti-inflammatory because it suppresses your immune system. So I'm like, okay, watching this video, I'm like a little weary of what we're getting into and he makes the drinks and they look great. And then he's like, okay, this is why the hydrochloroquine uh, hyping in the media is too much. And then he goes into like the details about why we shouldn't, we shouldn't like get so excited about this. The fact that companies and corporations have a vested interest in believing in a miracle cure I'm like, okay, really cool. You used your platform to actually inform people. And then I was like, after watching that, I was like, you know what? I'm, I subscribed and smashed the like button. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was good. I like, it was kind of a feel good story. Like I just wanted, just wanted to do my background, you know, doing my research on gin and tonics as one does. And it worked out. Well, I'm, um, I don't know. I know that you didn't need convincing uh, on that issue, but um, but I'm glad that he's reaching his audience, um, some of whom maybe maybe do. Yeah. Do you want to take this opportunity to do a PSA? Sure. What kind of PSA material do you have for us, Pierce? All right. So I've been doing my research, and there's this thing, right? It's called MMS. Oh, that's the miracle mineral solution. Miracle mineral it solution. It is. And you taught me this just today, I think. I've I've been impressing this. Uh, I've been impressing or impressing? Is that right? Uh, impressed by? No, I've been trying to convince you of this for no, weeks now. You've been trying to impress upon me. Yeah, impress upon. Okay. No one should do this. Oh, MMS is bad. That's what you're trying to tell me? Do not drink bleach. Done. No problem there. I've been obsessed with this before. This was even part of the uh, mainstream culture. And I feel very vindicated that 
not only did I latch onto this before it was popular, like call me an MMS hipster. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you were into not it before being not into it, it was cool. But before we were told to stick a UV light up our asses. Yeah. Uh, you got you got to get the light, uh, you know, to fight the virus somehow. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. So, so all right. On that note, Pierce, what drink did you make um, to talk about tonight? So I went fairly boring. I did something very predictable for me. Do you mean classic? I, classic and boring. I I think they're they can be lumped into the same category but i love i love bourbon i love whiskeys they're both my go-to choice in in terms of a drink and one of the channels on youtube that uh, my wife and i have been into is called the uh, try channel and it's an irish channel and they try all sorts of stuff it's like irish people try taco bell for the first time irish people try american whiskey for this first time and all the people on it are legitimately funny. And one of the my favorite people on it is, and I'm going to mispronounce her name, it's Kara, but it's very Irish and pronounced yes. differently. You think it's Kara or No, I, Cara? I think, um, I believe I watched the video that you may have sent me earlier this week, uh, this afternoon, and I do think it's, I think it's, Cara, but it's, it's not straight. Uh, Cara, it's yeah. it's with a C, right? Or it's it is Cara. With a C. It's C-I-A-R-A. Cara, but it's spelled with a C. A R A. Yeah. It, but it's a it's a K sound, isn't it? It's something. It's something. Well, she's Irish. Her name is Irish, and we're Americans, and so we don't know how to pronounce her name. Yeah, let's just go with Tex. We'll call her Tex. <laughs> she's anyway. so far from Texan. You think so? Uh, I think so. Ireland's part of Texas, though, right? Uh, well, is this uh, Ireland or Northern Ireland? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this I lovely, I this lovely person research. on YouTube who you knew from another show is also making drinks now, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I started following her just because I she was legitimately funny on this other channel. And she has been predominantly, uh, I guess, a fashion blogger. But because she's gotten so much attention from this other channel, she's kind of pivoted and is doing other things now. And one of the things that she's doing is making cocktails and describing how she likes them, like how to make them. And it's, it's not like bartender quality. It's just like, hey, I'm making a home cocktail. And this is me sitting in, in an amazing leather chair in my apartment. Enjoying it. I think I think this episode was the first. I mean, maybe you've sent me links to both of the her episodes in this series, but um, I think this is the first time we've seen that chair. And I must say, I have admired that chair or similar chairs to it in the past. Uh, it's pretty special. It's like a high-backed, like um, wing-armed chair, but it's you know it's kind of like a cross between uh, the chair that Will Smith was in in. Um, Men in Black, you know, in like it's a cocoon around you, uh, and a big leather armchair. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it looks very nice. 
it's very contemporary mid-century modern where the wings of the arms go all the way up over like past your head kind of deal yeah is that accurate no i think that's that's true maybe we can find a link to a, a comparable chair and put it in show notes i think i've seen them on a west elm maybe maybe that's also that's also part of what i'm doing with other houses just always looking at furniture anyway side note side note so she she makes a old fashioned in it. I'm like, you know what? That looks really really damn good. So we have all the ingredients here to make an old fashioned. We have uh, oranges, we have bitters, we have lemons, uh, I have bourbon. The only thing I didn't have was simple syrup, which turned out to be quite problematic for me. <laughs> it's just sugar and water, Pierce. Come on. It's it's just sugar and water. So I'm like. I could totally do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this this drink calls for two uh, two ounces of simple syrup. Really? So I'm like, really two ounces? There were there were issues. So well, no, no, no. I mean, like the drink you're having right now, does it have two ounces of simple syrup in it? The first one did. Okay, all right. And after doing that, I was like way too much but <laughs> yes perhaps i i typically do not drink drinks with uh sugar in it yeah does so, she i think in the video she does she uses a little uh squirt bottle and just squirts a little in doesn't she yeah but i, I like i read the notes and it was like one-to-one -one basically bourbon or whiskey to simple syrup okay so it's like oh okay well i would love to make old fashions for my wife and i so I'm like, what seems like a reasonable amount to make? I don't know, two cups, which is two cups of sugar, two cups of water. Yeah. So I I make it and I put it into a, um, I don't know, what kind of bottle is that? Just just a regular glass resealable bottle. Yeah, like, um, you know, if you go to a restaurant and they have like, just like tap water at the table or whatever, you know, I think that's the kind of bottle that I'm imagining, right? It's it, got yeah, it's, like a little... Um, rubber stopper cap with like a metal like uh spring loaded kind of closure yeah it's like a fancy boy carafe well like a, it has a narrow a narrow opening but yeah like a resealable it has a, it coke has a bottle maybe yeah. hmm? like a resealable old school coke bottle yes sure just like that anyway so i made enough to fill that and well so you gotta be prepared I send a photo to Dave um, saying, hey, I made simple syrup. He's like, is that all simple syrup? I'm like, yeah, is that a lot? <laughs> and my uh, yes, wife when is you like, sent me that picture, I thought that maybe you had, I don't know, infused something with something. And, and that was the bottle in which you were storing, you know, liquor and, and some botanical or something. But no, it's just yeah, sugar water. No, it's just sugar water. So I have enough simple syrup for the next four years. And I did this all while my wife was not home, essentially. I was not supervised. <laughs> you were unsupervised. So, so you, you ran amok. Yeah, and she uh, tried to make cookies today. And she wondered where all the sugar went. Wait, you ran, out of you, you ran the household out of sugar because you made this much simple syrup? Almost. 
Two okay, cups well, here's of sugar what you do. You say, hey, Mary, what you can do is you can take some of that simple syrup and you can put it in a sheet pan and you can bake it until all the water evaporates and the, sh- and the sugar recrystallizes. Scrape it up and put it in your cookies. <laughs> How many teaspoons of rock candy do you need for a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully your recipe is by weight um, um, or I guess by mass. And, um, and so you, it doesn't matter whether it's you know, rock crystal sugar, or if it's granulated sugar, if you weigh it. Um, Isn't that a Red Hot Chili Peppers album? What's the title of the album? Rock Crystal Sugar Sex. Yes, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> um, anyway, so you made way too much simple syrup. Uh, you got your Irish girl telling you how to make a drink. And so how did that go? Once you had too much simple syrup, okay. how was the preparation? Okay. So my preparation was not good. Uh, in the video, Kara's wearing a bathrobe. Yes. I would say it's a flouncy, a flouncy bathrobe. I'm not sure what that means, but that's the word that comes to mind. It's not, re- it's not jacket. like unnecessarily revealing or whatever, but it kind of billows at the arms and it. No, know. it's very, it's very stylish, but I wanted to recreate the look. My, my mother had gotten me a bathrobe for Christmas. I don't know, four years ago. Okay. And it had sat in our bathroom closet for years. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear that thing for the podcast. And I, Came up here yesterday up to the bathroom and I was like, I'm going to find it. And I like searched everywhere. And then there's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, no, we gave it away to Salvation Army. Yeah, Pierce, you seem to be wearing a T-shirt, not a bathroom. I'm wearing a T-shirt. So first of all, not a good situation for me that like I really want to do the performance aspect of this, (laughs) even though it's for an audience of one. (laughs) Hey, someday we may graduate to have our video uh, on YouTube, not just uh, the audio. Oh, you know, strive to dream, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, like I actually, before this, I well, hold a second. Like, does does your wife have a bathrobe that you were unwilling to borrow? Uh, I don't think she has one either. We're okay. we're just not All bathrobe right. people. I mean, I guess it could put a towel over my shoulders and claim it was a bathroom. But <laughs> that's just lying to everyone. And I'm not. Oh, Pierce, that. I'd like it if you could wrap your hair up in one of those towels that, uh, that helps you dry your hair. That's plopping. <laughs> Unrelated to poop. Yeah. So uh, early this evening, I, I did a test run with a cocktail and I did two, two ounces of a, uh, Bullet rye, two right. ounces of simple sugar, uh, sprinkling of bitters, orange peel, lemon peel, and uh, I did a like squirt a lemon into it just to give did it some you, tang. Did you light the um, orange or lemon oil on fire with a match or anything? I did not. No, because if you if you sometimes when you when you're squeezing the like the the essential oils or whatever out of the citrus rind. Um, if it's fresh enough, you'll get enough oil that you can actually have it um, light on fire. So next oh. time, look for that. Yeah, I should give that a shot. 
So that first one was insanely sweet. My lips are still sticky from it. <laughs> well, it's like candy if you had, you know, two ounces of sugar water in it. That means it's an ounce of sugar. That was probably like, I don't know, what is a Coke? Uh, 120 calories? That was probably 400 calories. <laughs> just right there. It was, it was so sweet. But it was, I mean, it was good. It was just really sweet for my liking. Okay, so did you try again? Yeah, we, uh, like, I don't know, 40 minutes later, our dinner came. And after dinner, I was like, okay, well, f- for the podcast, I need to make another drink. So did it again, did three shots of uh, three ounces of rye, and then did a single ounce of the simple syrup. Okay. Same, same thing, just change the proportions. Still crazy sweet. So like a little bit too much. So something I did was I put a little bit more uh, rye in there. Well, that's a, that's always a solution. A little Just more alcohol fixes water all problems. Down with alcohol, as they always say. Hey, it cleans the, you know, tree sap off your car. It solves your overly sweet drink problem. So so isopropyl alcohol, you you should not drink, right? That's a thing. That's right. I think we drink ethanol. I think that's the kind of alcohol that, you know, is safe to drink for however safe drinking alcohol is. Yeah. It's it's not immediately fatal. It's long-term fatal, but... Right. And ethyl glycol is immediately fatal. Isn't, is that uh, antifreeze? It's, yeah, typically antifreeze. But I think the recommendation for ethyl glycol poisoning is to do particularly for kids uh, to do like a shot, have them drink a shot of whiskey because I think the ethanol in it binds to the ethyl glycol, which allows you to metabolize it. All right. Just for our listeners, we would recommend that you call your local poison control center. Maybe we'll put a phone number in the show notes. Yeah. And send any emails to Dave because he recommended that. (laughs) To, To call the poison control center. Uh, that's right. Please thank me for saving your children's life. No, no. I, I think they're, I think chemically the two like want to bond to each other. So th- I think that's, th- I read this a long time ago, so I'm probably wrong, but it could be a thing. Could be a thing for sure. What's, what's the worst that could happen? Just try. Uh, well, <laughs> Pierce, <laughs> this is not a good policy. I'm going to have to say, we're going to have to refer to the science we're going to ask the scientists, the experts who know. We're going to have to trust the experts. So we'll put something in show notes that tells you what to do should your children ingest antifreeze. Yeah, but my gut says I'm right. So so you must be. So, all right. So had you never made uh, an old-fashioned at home before? No, the, this You'd is only have it time. out? Yeah, no. I, I usually only get it out. And I think I'm usually, like, if I'm going to get a bourbon mixed drink. I think I go Manhattan quite a bit. Oh, okay. Now my, uh, often I will get an old fashioned out, but I have, um, I had acquired, uh, you know, the, the very complicated ingredient list to make it at home. Um, and then you were garnishing with uh, citrus. You had a, an orange and, um, a lemon rind or peel in the, um, in your drink. Uh, the garnish that I, typically use is a maraschino cherry and actually 
in the in the picture I sent you of my uh, amaretto sour tonight, uh, you saw my fancy maraschino cherries, uh, and I, you know, they're I don't know. Let's say they're twenty dollars a jar or something. It's out of control, but they're not like bright, like uh, fluorescent they're not red. electric red. Yeah. That's right. Um, and I had actually been trying to, you know, so I bought some of these cherries, the good kind. Uh, they're called Luxardo, Luxardo cherries, link in the show notes. And um, I had been trying to use up my, like, I don't know, Harris Teeter store brand uh, red, bright red maraschino cherries. And so I'd been making some uh, old fashions at home. But the, the recipe that I had been using, Pierce, um, was like a sugar cubes worth of sugar. So I was using like um, raw sugar, not dilute, not um, dissolved sugar in a simple syrup, but like um, undissolved sugar, like a sugar cubes quantity was worth. Um, And then like two dashes of bitters. And uh, depending on how I was feeling, I would muddle like one or two uh, of the lesser cherries into that. So I'm trying to dissolve the the sugar with the cherries and whatever juice came with them and the bitters, um, and then I'd you know put some ice in there, um, and you know uh, whiskey or bourbon to uh, to satisfy. Let's say so I would never me- measure the alcohol, um, and but definitely it seems like much less sugar than than the way you had been preparing them tonight. Yeah, so as soon as I tasted the second one, I was getting ready for the podcast, and my wife, Mary, she says, hey, where's mine? I'm like, uh-oh. I I should have known to make two. Did, did you make two the first time? Did she try the super sweet kind also? She just took a sip of it, but okay. she didn't actually try it, or she didn't actually drink it. She just tried it. So this one, I'm excited to hear the outcome of because I cut the simple syrup down again by half so it was half an ounce okay i think that that i mean to my imagination it sounds uh closer to to regular but you know like you said just add a little more uh bullet and uh, all your problems are solved yeah so so i think the other thing about that that i really like is the um citrus in it i would like more citrus in it in in general hmm well, you know, uh, sometimes when you have it out, um, you know, I'll, I'll have it and they'll, they'll put citrus in it, either muddled in the bottom or garnished. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't tend to have citrus at home. Um, so, you know, that's, that's not something I've ever tried to do at home. I guess it's kind of like the essence of a whiskey sour, right? Where the, I guess the acid in the lemon juice or, or lime, I don't know which it is might actually oxidize the whiskey a little bit and that actually brings out more flavor. I don't know if you've ever lift like a glass of whiskey out overnight, you come back and it's all cloudy. It's all, all the particulates in there that oxidized. Really? Uh, sadly, I've never let any alcohol go to waste like that, Pierce. Maybe oh. I can do it for science. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Just like leave a little bit in the glass overnight and then you come back and it, is a completely different looking liquid. Interesting. All right. Well, I will make sure to put my caps on tight then. Yeah. I mean, like 
maybe it's something that you're introducing from your mouth. Maybe it's a, you, they say 90% of all drinks are backwash. So maybe it's your spit. And by, by, by they, you mean you, I mean, I've heard you say that before, but I actually, I don't think I've heard anyone else say that. I am a scientist. <laughs> you, uh, a computer scientist, perhaps. What is the second word? Scientist. Thank you. <laughs> did you did you uh you watched all of Kara's video though, right? Uh I you mean I I've watched the whole series? I think I have. Uh I've seen two videos. She made a gin fizz and I think maybe that's where we started talking about egg whites um in a cocktail. Uh and then I watched the uh the old fashioned um you sent it to me the other day, but I, I think I just watched it uh, this afternoon. Yeah, the thing that I loved about it is she said you have to make sure you uh, make sure you have a high quality uh, whiskey, and she just immediately takes a shot. <laughs> I thought I thought she was talking about how how it was important to measure it. Oh yeah, and she, she took. A she shot. said you have to measure it, so she poured an ounce and then took a shot. Although there's a cut there, I, th- I think before before she comes back to making the drink, um, so maybe she had another shot or two before she came back to measure measure it again to put it in the drink. But um, no, when she got back to her nice leather chair, she wasn't like, "Hey, welcome back." <laughs> come on, she's she knows how to handle her liquor. She's gonna be fine. Uh, but that that was that was that was well done. Um, that made me smile for sure. Yeah, it was it was fun. So, what did you get your inspiration for your drink from? Um, you you told your castle story, but did you have something you saw online or something somewhere? Um. Well, I guess you know. I, I, well, I, you know, I guess when we talked about making a drink, um, I had remembered this this how to drink YouTube channel. Um, and so, like I said, I was just looking at the list of stuff and I probably was attracted to these fancy cherries because I think that this particular episode was sponsored by the, you know, the, you know, cherry manufacturer or what have you. Um, and I think he actually used, uh, that same company's, um, Amaretto, uh, which is not what I used, but, um, so I think I was drawn to, I was drawn to two things, I guess the, um, well, three things. I mean, I like amaretto, but I was drawn to the cherries in the title card. Like I could see the little jar of cherries, um, and um, and the fact that it was going to feature an egg white, since since we had talked about that. And I'd never made a drink uh, at home, certainly that featured an egg white. So that was first for me this week. Would you do it again? Uh, well, I, I think I've had three of them now and not suffered any ill effects. So sure. Um, <laughs> famous last words <laughs> well you know it's always the last egg white that kills you um, never the egg white in the middle <laughs> well they say that about the chipotle burritos too right it would be the same kind of thing that's right the food poisoning that kills you is always the last time you eat that thing I am on the iceberg lettuce diet it's working pretty well well, it's almost negative calories, right? I mean, it's kind of like celery. It's literally negative calories. 
if we only provided adequate restroom facilities for the farm workers, we wouldn't have this problem. Is that what the deal is? Uh, I think so, yeah. That they're forced to go to the bathroom in the fields where they're harvesting the lettuce. And so that's how the E. coli gets back into the uh, the food supply. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was that or I know for certain crops and certain stuff, uh, like pig and cow waste will run off and drain into fields where like lettuce and stuff like that's growing. I think that's um, a contributor I can, I, too. Uh, I mean, that sounds plausible. Um, I don't know how much they, how many farms actually have livestock next to well, they they know, could they crops, could be right? bringing in manure for fertilizer, um, although I would I would imagine that that's more expensive than than using a chemical fertilizer. All things are chemicals, but a a more explicit chemical fertilizer, um, a non organic fertilizer, something from a different dimension, <laughs> from a different dimension. That's right. Um, so I I don't know how many like commercial like scale um, vegetable farmers would be using a natural organic manure or whatever instead of a refined fertilizer product. Um, but, you know, runoff from a, a neighboring farm is a possibility. Um, incidental, you know, contamination, I guess somewhere else in the supply chain. But um, the story that, that sticks in my head is, is about um, uh Workers really not provided to, I don't, I guess if they're, if they're paid by, uh, how much, how productive they are or, and so they're disinclined to take the time to go to the bathroom or there really are no bathroom facilities available. Um, you know, anyway, they they feel forced to, you know, use the, you know, the space available and, uh, and that can cause a problem. So I, I have a pressing question. What's that? So if. If you're one of those workers in like a lettuce field and you have to do a uh, number two. Sure. Are you using the lettuce as, you know. As cleanup? Yeah. And is that going back into the food supply? Um, okay. Well, let's imagine. Um, one, I'm not sure how effective it would be. It's not my preferred material. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't, I don't think there's any malicious intent in any of these people. So I can't imagine that they would then take the lettuce they use to clean themselves and <laughs> include it in the harvest. I would imagine that they would discard that along with their waste. Um, so I don't think that's the cause exactly. <laughs> Uh, there could be some lack of available hand washing that could be the problem. You know, lettuce is not a, uh, you know, it's um, it's a it's a fragile thing, right? It's not that, I mean, depending on the kind of lettuce, it's not Boston leaf lettuce necessarily. It's not a soft lettuce. It, like, are we talking about iceberg here? That's crispy. So as you go to, you know, use that in a in a wiping motion, it could break. <laughs> uh, and And then you could have your hand contaminated. Right, which could then trans transfer, right? So it might not just be washing around the field and getting in the lettuce. It could be that you know, it's transferred from the workers, you know, hand. So the lettuce, the leaves actually make later it in production. Harvested lettuce. Yeah. Sorry, what's that? All right, the leaves could actually make it into production. 
No, no, I'm saying that the leaves are not making it into production. I'm saying that the worker's hands could not have been fully protected by the the lettuce leaf, and then they could contaminate other lettuce. But I have no reason to believe that anyone would be using <laughs> literally used lettuce and putting it into the harvest, you know, harvested lettuce. I do not. Believe no that one's either. that malicious. No, no, no one wants to do that. No, um, but we got to the bottom of it. Literally the bottom. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, kind of on topic, not the uh, leaf leafy topic, but mm. my wife Mary sent me a video this week of a. Uh, how a tractor operates or how a uh, harvester operates, which was really cool. Like in terms of technology, in terms of uh, all the things involved with operating it, there's so much automation. There's so much uh, integration with technology. And she was just absolutely blown away. And she's like, did you know about this? And having been to Amazon reInvent, one of their biggest cloud provider or cloud services is their IOT stuff. Right. Like John Deere and... I, I can't name other farming manufacturers. Holland. Holland, yeah. They all integrate specifically with Amazon to plot the routes of their combines and plot the routes of their uh, tillers and stuff like that. So they can so have So the a, GPS coordinates of all this uh, farm machinery is being uploaded to the cloud to coordinate or, or yeah, just to, co- you know, to coordinate. Monitor? And they can also track both the like when they're planting seeds they can track the distribution of seeds per foot i'm not sure what their measurement is but that but when they harvest they can also measure in real time what their yield is based on what they've uh, planted interesting it's really cool like it's the sort of thing it's like wow that makes a lot of sense but you know kind of it's very sad in terms of agricultural as a um, industrialized you know business like that's something that you mean because we've eliminated jobs through automation yeah yeah i mean like the cost of entry is so much higher than than it used to be yes if a farmer's expected to buy a you know half a million dollar piece of farming equipment you know to be successful that's very expensive for sure yeah so it was a it was a really cool video and now it was very bittersweet in a certain aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, um, you know, about the job loss thing, I guess the, you know, why lettuce is, you know, susceptible to, you know, this, um, E. coli problem or, or other things like that, you know, it's because it still has to be done by hand. Uh, you know, we don't have a machine that's, uh, able to collect the lettuce without damaging it. Whereas you can have a really, well automated um you know computer you know satellite guided um uh, machine that's able to harvest wheat or corn or or things like uh that that are more durable or less susceptible to being damaged and harvest i don't know maybe potatoes not being silly or being crass about it but it, it's it's crazy like the amount of things that we believe are automated that really aren't like our agricultural agricultural industry is so delicate and stuff like almonds and I believe pistachios are not really automatically picked. They're 
we rely on people to do a lot of the hard work. And this year has really kind of put a strain on a lot of that and made us all realize how lucky we, we have been. And I guess a little worried where we're going, but at the same time, I guess uh, the best thing we can do is just be happy with what we have, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been going to the grocery store and most of the things I want have been there. Uh, toilet paper aside. Um, yeah. I... You know what I thought was really funny today is I went to the ABC store to buy bourbon for, for doing our thing. And when I now, got home, now, did you did you go to the website and you know order that online and have a delivery date of next week or anything, or did you just go to the store and do it in person? No, I did it in person. I walked in, and the store had probably six or seven people in it. Now, did you go to the same location I went to? I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And everyone was like very afraid of being next to each other. Well, and that's good. That's the behavior we want to see. It was. It was good. But at the same time, no one was wearing any sort of facial coverings. And the clerks were housed in like like a bank teller in like plexiglass. Well, it wasn't completely plexiglass, but there was plexiglass they could stand behind. Right. Yeah. But with a cutout in it specifically for your hand to reach through <laughs> and just smear germs all over the keypad. Um. Well, I didn't touch the keypad, but I did have to sign a piece of paper. Did I tell you that? You had to sign. Maybe a piece I told of you paper. that, but I didn't recount that this evening. Yeah. So when I was there to pick up my online order, I had to write my name and sign my name with a pen that, you know, the man handed me. He wasn't wearing gloves. I wasn't wearing gloves. I mean, when I went home, I you know washed my hands and everything. But you didn't lick the pen, did you? I did not lick the pen. Uh, I oh, was even move. before COVID-19, I was really disinclined to lick anything in public. Um, it's not been a problem for me to transition to not licking anything in public, including the pen at the liquor store. Even though it's called the liquor store, I licked nothing there. I see what you did there. <laughs> so where I was going with this is like, I'm going to the liquor store to buy alcohol, which is a poison, right? It's yeah. It's a poison. And I get home and I'm like, I hope there's no viral poisons on my alcohol. So I then disinfected everything. You wipe down the outside of your bottles uh, with alcohol to save you while you were accessing the alcohol on the inside of your bottles. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you're doing this yet, but I we definitely will wipe down with Clorox wipes all of our groceries that we bring into the house. Um, if, uh, what did I, oh, what I made, um, no. Made your pasta? Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't Clorox the eggs. Um, I didn't Clorox the parsley. You mean like individually? Yes, each leaf of parsley, I had a little Clorox wipe. <laughs> it took forever. I mean, it was not Italian flat leaf parsley. This was like curly parsley. Very difficult. Too many folds. <laughs> Lots of folds. Um, no, I think the for the most part, um, you know, if it, if it comes in a container, um, you know, 
I'm not licking the outside of the container. I'm washing my hands, you know, before and after I, you know, would eat anything. Uh, if it's if it's something that would come like a cardboard container, I often remove it from that. So, um, you know, if I buy a six pack of beer, you know, I'll take the beer out of the cardboard and get rid of the cardboard right away. Do you do each um, can individually? Sorry. Do you wipe each can individually? No, I would not wipe each can individually, assuming that the, you know, packaging process is automated, or that the people working there are practicing uh, sufficient hygiene. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm, you know, I guess I'm being medium, um, you know, cautious, but not, uh, not overzealous, not washing each egg, that kind of thing. But, you know, everyone's got to do, you know, the best they can or, or what, what makes them feel comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a like mental test. And I feel like I'm going to the rabbit hole of like extreme crazy. Um, my like my brain's just like, this is fine. Just allow it. Just go like just put those uh, Kleenex boxes on your feet and your hands and grow your toenails out. <laughs> like build the world's biggest plane that can't fly. Uh, I don't. I'm not familiar with the failing to cut his toenails. Was that a Howard Hughes thing or Howard Hughes had like the. Guinness Book of World Records, like style curly fingernails, I believe. Oh, 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 oh. it's not good for me. Oh, they and they turned that like Apple II GS beige or like golden, <laughs> like the longer they grow. Computer that's been in the sun, beige. Oh yeah, like eighties plastic beige. <laughs> it wasn't that color in the eighties, but yes, um, forty years later, it's definitely. Not a, not as attractive as it used to be. I, I think I sent you the photo when we were at the Apple Museum in Prague. They had a pristine Apple IIe and Apple IIgs, and they looked like mint. They looked the cleanest I have ever seen any computer. And I just imagine they were in a uh, vacuum-sealed case. Well, I mean, it's it's the sunlight, really, that causes that problem, I think. Um, there's some some fire retardant in the plastic that discolors with the ultraviolet light. Oh, is that true? That's my understanding. We'll have a link in the show notes. I um, just assumed it was a uh, oxidation of some sort because my parents were smokers. Yes. So the, <laughs> any computer we brought into the house in the, uh, got covered 80s in nicotine. Or 90s, no, it immediately turned like the darkest of dark Browns. It was, like, <laughs> um, it was like desert camo Brown. I, I was going to say that the uh, the Apple II GS that I have in a box upstairs, because you have to have all your computers in boxes, um, it is sadly not so much discolored because of uh, the plastic and the sunlight, but it is unfortunately discolored for the same reason you were just describing, that my mom uh, would smoke in the basement before I uh, moved her to the garage for smoking. Uh, she since stopped smoking. <laughs> but uh, when she would smoke in the house, you're right, everything would get that tinge of nicotine Ugh. Uh, and the computer suffered for it also. And I haven't, I haven't cleaned it up or anything. I think I've told you before that uh, before I had the 2GS, I had a 2C, which I would really wish I still had uh, more than a 2GS. I think it was just a much more interesting computer because it's a computer. 2C I, or 2C you know, plus? No, just the 2C, not a plus. It had a five and a quarter inch internal drive. 
Oh, no, three and a half. Mm. Pierce, come on. You have a floppy floppy. What's this? What's this? Uh, mid, mid firm floppy drive. Don't copy my floppy, bro. <laughs> Where did we just, I just saw that, uh, that video. What was I watching? Some YouTube video that had some joke about some old video, like PSA about copy my floppy. I believe they played that like before movies at the time, back in the day. Oh, like where the audience was like um, with a target demographic would have been likely to be pirating software. That was just like a public service announcement. I don't remember if my memory is serving me correctly here, but I think I remember going to the movie theater in the 90s and the like FBI warnings would be on screen actually in the theater. It would be like copyright pirating this movie with your VHS camera is illegal. Okay. Where you could sneak a shoulder mounted camera into a theater and take a video of it. You but know, they, let's, let's not get on people for what they're sneaking into movie theaters, Pierce. No, but I think, I think they showed the don't copy my floppy as part of that FBI warning sequence. It, so like it wasn't, it wasn't movies. just the uh, film industry, the movie industry that, um, that was trying to discourage piracy. They threw in computer software. I, th- I think so. I might be wrong on this. We need to do some research for the show notes. It's a little homework. Okay, a little homework. Uh, yeah, send the emails to Dave. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we'll, uh, we'll work out a Twitter account and an email address as soon as we come up with a name. I think that might be our shtick, though. We just have an unnamed podcast. <laughs> Uh, Adam Savage has the uh, still untitled um, thing so I don't know if we might need something slightly different I think that's true I, I really do like enjoy the idea of failing at doing YouTube things you succeeded very well this week mine was not so much but I enjoyed it oh you mean in preparing my drink um, yeah, I think so. Well, I think when when I this is my third instance of this. Uh, when I made it earlier, uh, the first one that I made turned out kind of like this, pretty well. It really the volume yield is very low. Uh, it doesn't fill up the glass a satisfying amount, and I think when I tried to correct against that, um, in the second drink I made, uh, this must have been Wednesday. Um, it just didn't it just didn't turn out the same. Um, it was. I think it was too sweet. Um, the like it didn't get a good separation between um, like the head never kind of separated. The whole thing was kind of cloudy. Um, I had to drink it. You know, you're not gonna waste anything. No. What are you doing with the yolks? Well, um, actually, in fact, what the egg white I used uh, for this drink tonight was left over when I made the homemade pasta. Uh, last night. Uh, was that just last night? Who knows what day it is. Yeah, so I made uh, pasta uh, from scratch, um, which involved flour and a bunch of uh, egg yolks. Uh, I think it was eight ounces of flour, five egg yolks, and two whole eggs. So I think eight ounces and seven seven egg components. Um Anyway, so I had some leftover egg whites for that, and I must have uh, set aside some egg yolks from the last time I used egg whites. 
So, so far, no eggs have been lost in the making of uh, these drinks. All eggs have been used. Have you made like an omelet or anything like that out of just egg yolks? I don't, I don't think that would be very good. Uh, well, I, no, I don't think you can do an omelet of just egg yolks. Um, oh, yeah, when could, it wouldn't bind. Well, it would just be all dry and crumbly. I don't, I don't think it would work correctly. You can get an egg white omelet, you know, which, you know, sometimes people get because it's, quote, healthier. Um, you could do a uh, poached egg yolk. That'd be like a soft-boiled egg. <laughs> Except nothing protecting it. Um, maybe. Maybe. Well, I have, I think I have, you know, a dozen more eggs, so could I might have, you know, some uh, follow-up for next time if I try any of those things. I think it's a lot of effort. <laughs> what? To try to poach an egg yolk? No, Just no, boil too. some water and put a, you know, put a, you know, egg yolk in it. I'm pretty good at separating, you know, an egg yolk uh, from the white. That's not a real problem for me. I cannot crack an egg with one hand. Maybe that's what I should do with these 12 eggs. I should just practice cracking eggs single-handedly. It looks so cool when you see people do it on TV or I guess on YouTube. Yeah, specifically on YouTube when they have one hand in frame and they crack it. They just split it, whatever. I'm not that good at cracking eggs. But I think uh, I think the egg whole egg for a drink is just too much work. And I think the old-fashioned for me was too much work. Oh, well, I think you made it a little bit harder because you were managing citrus uh, citrus zest um, and you made your simple syrup. Uh, it takes a little while to dissolve the, you know, the, the raw sugar and stuff, but it's much less, you know, setup time, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, much more work than just pouring bourbon or rye into a glass and drinking it. Okay, there you go. Well, I think... Any anything is going to be uh, exponentially more difficult than just having liquor straight. Yes. All right. So final uh, final judgment. Would you do your drink again? It sounds like you would. You've already hinted to this. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. And I'd make your drink again. Although I'd probably you know omit the uh, two gallons of simple syrup that you made. I I had simple syrup with a splash of uh, alcohol. <laughs> I, I touched my keyboards, like I touched all the keyboards in the houses, and now there's just like flies all over them, and they're so <laughs> sticky. That's horrible, horrible. Well, good. I think we got to the bottom of this one. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank everybody for for listening. Uh, Pierce, I guess uh, we'll need to figure out what we're going to do for next time. <laughs>